back to Unspeakable Joy podcast with your host, Joy Sixtos. Welcome to season three of the broadcast. Praise God for what has happened in the last two seasons, for the times that we've shared together, being encouraged, being uplifted by God's word, and also hearing from ministers and Christians that have impacted my life somehow, some way, and how God has been faithful in their lives. So thank you for being a faithful listener for two seasons. And today we are happy to kick off season three. And today I'm excited because we have a special guest for you, Pastor Terry Hernandez of the Victoria, Texas area with Good News Church. And she's actually one of my fellow colleagues and ministers there at GNC. And I'm excited and so honored to have her today as she shares God's faithfulness into her life through her personal story. And today we're titling this show, My Story for His Glory. I had the honor of interviewing Pastor Terry a couple days ago through a phone interview. So sit back and relax and join me as we listen to Pastor Terry share her story for God's glory. I want to introduce you to Pastor Terry Hernandez. She is actually an associate minister at the Good News Church in the Victoria, Texas area. She's one of my fellow ministry colleagues at our home church, and it's a great blessing to have her with us today. Let's get to know Pastor Terry just a little bit before we start our interview. So Pastor Terry and her husband, Pastor Joe Hernandez, were married on March 19, 1977, and they were married for 31 years before he passed away. And we're actually going to be talking about her story and a lot about that particular instance of what happened today. Pastor Joe and Pastor Terry have two children, Aris and Joe, who are 38 and 34 years old. And they also have three precious granddaughters, Madison, who is 11, Michaela, who is nine, and Miranda, who is five years old. Pastor Terry has served the Good News Church for 36 years. Praise God for that faithfulness. And she received her certificate of ordination on June 25th, 2017, under our pastors, Reuben and Rosie Trevino. She has served many, many faithful years as armor bearer to Pastor Rosie and has contributed for various church events, even in leadership positions or areas of support. I mean, she has been a faithful, faithful servant of the Lord. She is also currently department head of the host and hostess ministry and is faithful to do whatever is needed around the church as she's called upon as she's led to do. I mean, I could go on and on. I've known Pastor Terry my whole life, and it's been a great blessing and honor to even learn from her faith. And we're going to be talking about some of her faith today and how it helped her go through the passing of her husband. And so today's title for today's show is going to be My Story for His Glory. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Pastor Terry to the show. Pastor Terry, how you doing today? I'm blessed. How are you doing? I'm blessed and I'm so, so happy to have you on the show. I know we've been looking forward to this and the day has come. Yes, <laughs> the day is here. Today, Pastor Terry, we're going to be talking about some parts of your story for God's glory that 
or some tough situations, a, a very tough situation that you went through that you didn't think you were going to experience, you know, at such a young age and, you know, what would happen after that, but it happened and you went through it by God's grace and strength and support from others. And uh, I just want to thank you, first of all, before we share with our listeners for opening your heart to us and sharing these details of your life. I imagine it's not an easy situation to talk about, but we praise God for the people here in America and even around the world that are going to be blessed and encouraged and even be healed by the power of God through your story. So thank you. Thank you for opening your heart to us today. So where does your story start, Pastor Terry? Tell me about your life even before Christ, before you got born again. Well, my life before Christ was basically like any other worldly person. You know, we lived for the weekends. Uh, we would go dancing and partying and drinking. And, and uh, you know, my husband, Pastor Joe, used to play a lot of uh, softball. So we used to spend a lot of time out at the uh, softball fields with our friends, of course, in those games with partying and drinking and drugs, just like worldly person would do. We were already married there and then and we did not start a family till five years after we were married and we had our daughter at ease. That's the way it was, uh, you know, just uh, the drinking, the partying, the drugs, concerts. That's the way we, we spent our time, our life. And we thought that was what we were supposed to do. And uh, we would get up on Sunday and go to church. And we thought that was what we were supposed to do, you know, party, especially on weekends, because, you know, we, we had jobs. So on weekends, that's what it was, just partying. And on Sunday, we'd get up and go to church. Of course, afterwards, we'd make plans again to go out to the park and meet our friends and continue with partying. So, you know, I often would think, am I going to get to heaven, Lord? You know, and I, I would always try to go to confession as, as much as possible. And I thought that was going to secure my life, you know, by going to confession, going to communion every Sunday, and then go out and party the rest of the evening on Sundays and weekends. So that's how our lives consisted of. Right. And actually, you ministered about that recently, how part of your past, you were consumed with religiosity and religion where that was allowed, that type of lifestyle that you could live like the devil, some people say, and then on Sunday morning, you know, live for Christ. At the moment, you didn't know any better. You know, you didn't know that that was wrong or not God's perfect will for your life. But yes, ma'am, that is so true. You know, we were lost but we didn't know we were lost because God didn't come to make religion. He came to have a relationship with us. And, that, and you know, I found that out after I got born again. And I found out a lot of other things. Our pastors have taught us according to the word of God. But that main thing is that, you know, we were lost and we didn't even know it. And, and I thought, well, if I went to confession as much as possible and ask for my sins to be forgiven and, and do my repentance, then everything's all right. Then I can go again another day and another weekend. And, you know, so it was just, it was not good at all. Yes, ma'am. So that leads us into our other question, Pastor Terry. You mentioned being born again. How and when did you get born again? And even what about your husband? How did y'all come to know the Lord? Well, my brother, Edward, he was living in California at the time, and he received Jesus in his heart, and he began to pray for us. And after he moved back to Texas, he started witnessing to us, to his family, and 
every time they'd come and visit my house, Pastor Joe would always try to avoid them and go out the back door. You know, he, he just tried to avoid them all the time. But Brother Edward was already attending the Good News Church, and they invited us, Sister Becky and Brother Edward, they invited us to go to their church. And not knowing that the Holy Ghost was drawing me in, not knowing that the Holy Ghost was arresting us, <laughs> I felt that I, I had to go and visit his church, you know, the church that they were going to. And I, I didn't want to go by myself, so I invited my sisters, Mary and Trish, to go with me. But uh, Sister Mary didn't want to go with me at the time, so I convinced uh, my little sister Trish to go with me. And she said, sure, I'll go with you. <laughs> so on a Wednesday night, that was another strange thing because we never would have church services on a Wednesday night. That was new to us. But on a Wednesday night, we both accepted Jesus into our lives. That was in August of 1984. And for two years, I prayed for my husband, Pastor Joe. I prayed and I prayed. And I remember Pastor Reuben came to me one time and said, you know, I saw a vision. I saw a vision of Pastor Joe and you walking in those doors together. So I received that and I said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to get my prayer answered. And one Sunday morning, our daughter, who was four years old at the time, I had just finished dressing her and she walked into our room and I was not aware of it. She walked into our room and woke her daddy up and her daddy was, he was out cold because he had had a late night, Saturday night, and he had partied and drank and uh, he wasn't born again yet. So he was out Friday nights were men's night and Saturday night, well, you know, he'd go out again. So he was asleep, but he was hungover. <laughs> but he woke up when she called his name. She said, Daddy, Daddy. And she said, will you go to church with me today? And I mean, he woke up and he turned around and he looked at her beautiful little face and he could not turn her down. He said, yes, honey, I will go to church with you today. And that Sunday, Pastor Reuben gave an altar call and Pastor Joe went up and received Jesus in his heart. And he got totally delivered from smoking and from drinking because I remember him smoking and throwing out his last cigarette right before he entered the church. So he never touched another cigarette again. I mean, he was totally delivered from his vices and he never touched another bottle of beer again. God delivered him, praise the Lord. And he even delivered me. He delivered both of us of dancing and partying and, you know, drugs. I mean, even one of his friends, when we got home that day, one of his friends came over and offered him free drugs. I mean, that he was, he always had to pay for his drugs. But this, this one Sunday, you know, it's just like the devil. A friend came over and offered him and told him, do you want these drugs? And Pastor Joe said, no, I don't want them. And I don't know if he witnessed to his friend or not that day, but he did not accept the drugs. And so I just thank God for that. He got delivered and he got born again sometime in August of 1986. What an interesting story and, and to know, you know, what y'all came from and where God brought you to in that moment in the 80s. And for those of y'all listening, I witnessed Pastor Joe and Pastor Terry growing up 
with the most beautiful, most purest heart of a servant that I think I've ever known, especially Pastor Joe. To this day, I have never witnessed anybody that would serve and give endlessly and tirelessly and unconditionally. You know, I know as as humans, we go through things, we're physically tired, we do get stressed and a lot goes on. But within his heart of hearts, it was a pure and holy, sacrificial, giving, 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 and a servant's heart that he had. And I praise God for this time in the 80s that he got born again. And praise God too for the power of God. And that is the strength of the power of God too, that you can instantly and immediately be healed, set free, delivered, even like he was from drugs and alcohol and different vices from the world. And he was delivered at that point on that day. Praise God for that. And throughout the years, I saw them serve at the Good News Church in different ministries in different areas where pastors would need them. And eventually they became co-pastors of our church with Pastor Reuben and Rosie. And they served in that capacity for many years and were such a blessing to countless lives. And we praise God for their service and, and thank God for their faithfulness also. Pastor Terry, can you give us some more information in different ways that you and Pastor Joe would serve in the ministry at Good News Church? Well, when I uh, when I got born again and joined the Good News Church, I was so excited for for my life, and I I learned that I could speak to Jesus, and He would speak to me. I learned that He was alive and well when I would go to church in the religion I was in. I mean, all they had were statues up there. So I didn't realize that Jesus, you know, is alive and that he'll talk to you and and he wants you to talk to him. And I learned that. And uh, when I joined the church, I was just so excited about, about life and about serving God and I wanted to do whatever needed to be done and I joined I joined the cleanup crew uh, under brother Edward and and I helped in the nursery and sister Beck was in charge of that department so I just wanted to help wherever they needed help and I would help in the children's church and then I joined uh, the group that would go to the jail ministry and we would minister to the inmates there the female inmates and the male inmates And then I would just help wherever. After Pastor Joe joined the church, we continued, of course, with the cleanup crew. We we never dropped out of any department unless pastors would tell us that they needed us somewhere else. But we kept in the cleanup crew. We stayed with the jail ministry and then we became youth pastors and and then we were co-pastors. And also I helped Pastor Rosie in her ministry as a staff member and then as an armor bearer. So we were just excited. I was excited about everything, about everything that I was listening and hearing in the word of God. Amen. Amen. And praise God, even for the examples you were to the younger generation like myself. And and for those of us to say, we love God just like they do. And we want to help and serve in the local ministry to the needs of our pastors and also to the needs of the congregation and visitors that would come. So thank you both for being a prime example of Jesus. Really what it was is Jesus. Jesus would serve through your faithfulness and ministry all of these years, nearly four decades. 
you have shown that, that you wash the feet of the people, that you serve others, and you put them before yourself. So we appreciate that. Now, something happened, even though y'all were co-pastors and faithful in the ministry, something happened. And that's what we're talking about today, your story for his glory. And what I'm referring to is that Pastor Joe on his job had an accident and it was a shocker. I remember I had just come back from Christ for the Nations in Dallas about 12 years ago. And this situation happened and it really shocked all of our local community and family, his family and others that knew y'all and he passed away. Can you tell us about that time in your life, Pastor Terry, and what went on, first of all, how that happened? And even how did you work through it with the loss and with the grief and, and the healing? My husband had an accident at his job and he according to what they said, he slipped off of the scaffold that he was on and hit his head. I don't know where he hit his head, whether on part of the scaffold or the wall or on the ground, I'm not sure. But they uh, called me, I was at work at the time and his boss called me. So I met them at the hospital and Pastor Joe was in the hospital for three days and uh, after that, he passed away. I don't wish this on anyone, you know, the the fear and the grief and the loss and the sorrow. I don't wish it upon anyone, but I have to share this. So hopefully other you know, people can listen to it and know what to do if it happens to them or someone else. But the first year, I believe I was in shock. <laughs> I, I feel like I had been given anesthesia and my whole body was just numb. And it was a traumatic time at that time. And for the first two to, two to five years, my life was, was just a blur because I can't even remember what those years were like. But I, I know I continued to go to work. I did not quit work. I kept going to work. I knew that if I went to work, I could, you know, stay busy with my job and not have to dwell on, you know, this loss. But I remember crying almost every day. I don't know for how many years, but I cried every day driving home from work. And I always had to drive past where Pastor Joe used to work. And that was even hard. But I lived in fear and I lived in guilt. I always thought, okay, Lord, what did we do? How were our lives? I know we weren't perfect, but you know, we would ask the Lord to forgive us and, and he would forgive us because the word says, you know, that he forgives our sins and forgets them. But I was confused and scared and, and the devil would torment my mind and that God was mad at us and that, that he was out to get us. And so I had, I had many questions, but just going to church and learning the word of God, I knew that the word of God says that in John 10, 10, the devil comes to do three things, steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes to give you life and life in abundance. So I, I had to just repeat that scripture over and over and over. You know, God does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes to give us life and life in abundance. And so I had to rebuke that spirit of fear every day. You know, the word says that God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. 
And those two scriptures is what I would repeat all the time. You know, God doesn't give me no spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And, you know, I just had to keep saying those two scriptures. And the Holy Spirit knew what I was going through. And, and I could feel him. I knew he was there with me. You know, he never left me. And uh, he's been with me ever since. Glory to God. But like they say, time heals. And year after year. I begin to restore my mind and my emotions. And Pastor Rosie, my spiritual mom, she knew what I was going through and would pray for me all the time. After about 10 years, I heard the Lord say to me, live, live, enjoy your family, enjoy your granddaughters. And it was like, I mean, I just woke up, you know, it's just like, wow. And I said, oh, okay, Lord. You want me to live again? Yes. You know, like he said, live and enjoy your life. And like my mind just, it was just like delivered from all the tormenting spirits that the devil had bombarded me with. So, I mean, you know, it just cleared my mind and I, and I was able to get up, brush myself off and just continue living and, and enjoying life. Yes. That was your moment where the Holy Spirit, the Lord gave you that release in a sense and broke that stronghold of the guilt and even maybe some shame and all the different emotions like you said and just broke that and said okay enough is enough i still have a calling on your life i still have a purpose on your life and even in this natural world like you said enjoy your family enjoy your life and enjoy the goodness and the life in abundance you were talking about that he had given you so praise God for that. Through that process, Pastor Terry, I know you were talking about, you know, the the strongholds and the things you felt in your mind and the torment. So you probably thought your story was over. But in this moment where the Lord spoke to you, I believe you got that revelation. Hey, my story is not over. Can you yes, tell us about um, that? You know, uh, after that, I mean, of course, the devil, he's the one that comes to steal, kill and destroy. So he tried to mess with my mind you know and he's the father of lies and all he he says is lies but i was still a baby in the lord and i was still learning a lot because you're always going to learn about the word of god but i was being bombarded and i thought oh my gosh you know i don't want anyone to ask me about my testimony because my testimony does not end well it, it's not a happy ending it's a sad ending and I, I didn't want to give my testimony i didn't want to say my testimony to anyone and i mean it's been 12 years since pastor joe passed away and i never thought i'd be a widow i thought we were going to both grow old and serve god together and enjoy our families and our grandchildren i mean I never thought this would happen. But about two years ago, we attended a ladies retreat in Columbus, Texas. And their theme that day was my story for his glory. And I thought, what am I going to say if they asked me what my story for his glory is? And what was I going to say that my husband had had an accident at work and he died? My story was not bringing glory to God. He didn't kill my husband. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes to give us life and life in abundance. And I, I didn't want anyone to ask me about my story. But the Lord showed me that my story was not over. The death of my husband was 
the first chapter in my life. And, you know, when they have a track meet and the race is going and there's a lot of runners and a runner plows through those in the front because he's trying to get up to the front and he causes those runners to stumble and fall and get out of line. That's what I saw. I saw the devil trying to throw me off whack out of my lane. But the Lord said, no, get up, get up. You're going to run this race like I did. Jesus uh, ran his race and he never looked back. You know, he, he ran his race with so much pain. You know, he endured physical pain. He endured emotional trauma. He endured spiritual agony. I mean, he was whipped with a whip that had sharp metal pieces on it. And I mean, it would rip out large pieces of flesh from his back. And he was, I mean, he went through all that, but he never looked back. He, he just kept going forward. And in Hebrews 12, 12, it says, so don't sit around on your hands, no more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long distance runners. So no one will trip and fall. So no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle. Help each other out and run for it. So I had to remember his story and how he ran his race. He never looked back. He never lost sight of where he was headed. And he could put up with anything along the way, whether it was a cross, the shame, the spitting on him, the death, even his death, whatever it took. He was there and now he's in the place of honor with our Father God. So he pressed forward. He he got up after he fell from carrying that cross, but he kept going. He kept going. So my story, it really started when I got born again. My husband's death was really just the first chapter in my life and it wasn't my story. I've seen, you know, many times, like I was saying, a runner will push himself through the crowd and cause people to fall out of their lane. And that's what, what the Lord was showing me. You know, my story is not over. The Bible says he is the author. He is the finisher of my faith. He's the finisher of my story. The devil will forever lie and lie and torment your mind. He's always going to lie to you and tell you just negative things. It's always negative things. It's nothing ever good that he tells you in your mind. So just cast those thoughts down and just meditate on the word of God and know that God loves you and that he's there and the Holy Ghost is there. And they want the word to heal your body, not to be in torment and fear and guilt and, you know, sorrow and loneliness. So my story is a supernatural story. He's been faithful to me for the 12 years that I've been a widow. I just praise God for that. I love how you said too, Pastor Terry, that, you know, through it all, what you were talking about is you depended on God and God was faithful to meet your needs and to set your mind free. And, and I commend you for continuing to serve the Lord through this and after this. And praise God, you have the support of your children and your immediate family, your extended family and your church family and your spiritual family, you know, because sad to say, but a lot of times people lose, you know, a loved one, their children pass away, drastic, traumatic things happen in their life. And they say, well, God, where are you? Did you abandon me? Did you forsake me? Do you care what I'm going through? A lot of things are brought to their mind. And uh, that we know, like you said, that's negative thoughts from the enemy. But sometimes people going through a traumatic story like this give in to the negativity, give in to the lies of the enemy, and will turn their back on God and lose their faith. They go back to the world. They live in 
depression and oppression. Some people even commit suicide. Sad to say, but they just can't live without the loss. That person was their everything and not just in the normal sense where your spouse is your everything, but in a way it's as if they were their God. And so they have no hope, no purpose, and they feel like there's no story left for their life. There's no other chapters to enjoy, to grow, to love, to learn. And and they give up on God or they give up on life. But praise God that you yielded to the Spirit of God. You yielded to the truth of God's Word and you broke free from that. And you got that full revelation that your story is not over. So how has God blessed your life since the passing of your husband? I mean, what are you doing today? Today, I enjoy life, like you said, live and enjoy, you know, life and your family and your children. And I enjoy going to church and serving God and just appreciate the Lord for what he did for me. You know, he's the one that shook me and said, get up. If I can run the race, you can run the race. Because he lived here like a normal human being. He can relate to our lives and So I got up and I remember uh, Pastor Rachel at the ladies retreat saying, you know, we don't lick our wound. You know, Jesus took that pain and he wants us to have a greater glory. And, you know, we keep our wounds clean until we heal. We don't lick them. We're going to keep them clean until we heal. And Jesus, I give it to you. That's what I said. Jesus, I give it to you. I trust you, Jesus. I'm going to make sure that that infection is out and I'm going on with God. He's the one person I live for and he is the hero of my story. My family, they're serving God. They are healthy. They have good jobs. My granddaughters are a blessing in my life. My pastors, my spiritual mom and dad, they've been there for me, I mean, since day one. And my story goes on. It's going to go on and it's going to be for his glory. So what happens if you don't get a promotion or you lost your job or your dreams uh, fell out or your spouse walked out on you or, you know, even if your spouse passed away, you know, what are you going to do? Don't allow the fear to come in. Keep that faith. Keep keep pressing on, you know, get up, shake yourself and finish your race because Jesus and the Holy Ghost and, and God is going to be with you. Give your story to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let him heal your pain and don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, you know, I, I remember Ruthie, our praise and worship leader, she sings this song, God on the Mountain. And it says, you know, he's the same when you're up on the mountain, you know, when everything is going good or when you're down in the valley or when things are not going good. But he's still God in the night and he's still God in the day. So he'll never leave. He'll always be with you. So just be encouraged, you know, don't give up. Keep running that race. And I've been through uh, a lot of experiences just being a widow because none of us know what it feels to be a widow. We're not going to grieve the same way. We're all different and we don't know how how we're supposed to feel. I didn't know how I was supposed to feel as a widow. I mean, it's a terrible thing. So God is going to be with you. You know, he will be with you. He'll never leave you. The Bible says he'll leave the comforter who is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit to be with you. 
I, you know, I was at a standstill when I, I remember being depressed and lonely and don't neglect those widows and widowers. Don't neglect them because maybe they just need a hug or a kind word or encouraging word. Be kind to them. Or maybe they just need a, a faucet, a leaky faucet fixed. When your husband is alive, he does all the maintenance around the house and he does all the auto maintenance, all the car, you know, maintenance. So all these things are added to you when you become a widow. So you have to rely on the Holy Ghost a lot for all these things. So encourage widows. Don't ask any questions if they don't want to clear out all of their spouse's belongings, their clothes, their shoes, their socks, their hats, whatever. They know when it's time to get rid of the stuff. If they want to, they don't have to. Every person is going to be different. Just going to visit their grave. You know, if you can't go visit his or her grave, it's okay. You know, there's a time God knows when you're ready for that. So I just encourage, you know, there are some scriptures in the Bible that in 1 Timothy 5, 5, it says, take care of widows who are destitute without the basic needs of life. Honor widows that are widows indeed. And for me, my financial situation was good because Pastor Joe had an accident at work. You know, I receive a check from the company. So I was able to keep that beautiful home that Pastor Joe and his dad built for us. I didn't have to sell it. I didn't have to get rid of anything. I'm still in my beautiful home. And I thank God for that. I, I believe it was, you know, because of Pastor Joe, you know, he planted a lot of good seeds. He, he had that gift of a servanthood. And I believe God returned all that, you know, whatever the Bible says, whatever you sow, you reap. So he sowed a lot of good things. And that's why my family and I are able to continue living in this beautiful home that he built for us. I just want to encourage the widows to, you know, seek a church, go to a church that reads the Bible, you know, that God assigns every one of us a spiritual mom and dad. When you find that church, you're going to find your spiritual mom and dad and let them, you know, counsel you and love on you and pray for you and, you know, encourage you. I believe that's what got me through was my pastors, you know, being there for me. Pastor Rosie was I mean, she, she just stayed with me the whole time from the day it happened. And she practically organized the entire funeral arrangement for me. I was like in a daze. And she blessed me with a beautiful uh, handheld bouquet that of roses that, oh my God, I hung on to them like if Pastor Joe had been the one that gave them to me. It was, it was just so beautiful. And I remember asking Pastor Reuben one day, I said, Pastor Reuben, I'm just afraid to go to sleep. And he shared a scripture with me, and it's in Psalms 4.8. It says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only maketh me dwell in safety. And every time I say that scripture, I'm able to fall asleep and, you know, not be afraid to go to sleep. And to this day, I still say that scripture every night for my family and I, you know, I just want to thank those people that were there for me and my family. Even Sister Dora would call me and remind me of my appointments and she would pick me up and take me to lunch. I mean, if, you know, these people weren't in my life, you know, I, I would have just sat here, you know, depressed and lonely and not being able to function in life. So my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters, they were, they would just come and they would just sit with me. They, they wouldn't even say one word. They would just come and sit with me.
And if I said I needed prayer, they would pray with me and then they would just stay here with me. They were a blessing in my life. And my little granddaughter, Miranda, she was three years old at the time. I remember she, every time I would cook for her, she would always say, Mama, this is so good. And I would tell her, yes, honey, Jesus is so good. And that is why my story is for his glory. Wow, Pastor T. I don't know about you and I don't know about our listeners, but this has brought tears to my eyes even now. Not only because I know y'all, but because we know the power of God. And we know people. You know, we are humans. We are people. We go through things. We hurt. We cry. We deal with many things. And it is not easy. Whoever said the Christian life would be easy is not telling the truth you know we go through things but even in those mountaintops of life like you said even in the valleys of life jesus is still there with us the holy spirit our comforter is with us and like you said he will never leave us and never forsake us and how powerful that god was with you through this valley time in your life that he still provided for you financially he protected you he, you know, watched over your children and now your grandchildren and his faithfulness has still been evident in your life. And he's even strengthened you that much more in this new season of ministry as an ordained minister. And so God's goodness and his faithfulness is for all. And so for those of you listening out there, if you have gone through a situation like this, if you're in the middle of a situation like this or in the future, if you lose a loved one, even a spouse, we want you to be encouraged today that your story does not end there. It doesn't have to end there because God still has a purpose for your life. He still called you to great things and you're still needed. You're still needed for your family, your children. And even as you're serving God, you're needed in the house of God. There is a purpose for your life to touch others. And I believe that's what Pastor Terry's story today for God's glory is doing in your life. So be encouraged. God will take care of it. He's going to watch over his word to perform it. And even in the natural, I encourage those of you listening, if there is a widow in your life, in your family, a neighbor, maybe, or anybody that you know, maybe even an orphan that they don't have parents at the moment or they're in foster care, as the Lord leads you, be a blessing to them. Sow finances into their life. Just be like she said, uh, her brother and sister-in-law, Edward and Becky, would just sit there and just be there. Just be there for company, comfort, or just to sit as a support, not even to say anything or, or you know, badger the person and bother them or ask a bunch of questions. That, that, now's not the time to do that. Just be the support and the help that they need. And most importantly, to pray for them because it will be a process. Grief is always a process to work through. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. And most importantly for this situation, I praise God that Pastor Joe was born again, that he was serving God. And we have a hundred percent confidence that he has been in heaven, walking the streets of gold, enjoying our Savior, even from his decision back in the 80s to give his life to Christ. And ultimately, that is what we're all striving to do, to make sure that our friends, our family, ourselves are right with Christ so that when our life does end, when our when our full story is over, that God still gets the glory because we made it to heaven. 
we are with him forevermore. And praise God even for Pastor Terry and her children that will see Pastor Joe again. He's not dead because we know in the natural he is dead, but he is very much alive, even more alive than we are because he is now with Jesus. And we will see him again and we look forward to that day. Pastor Terry, I just want to thank you so much again for opening your heart today and your story to us. And I appreciate you giving us your time today to share with others and our listeners. Pastor Terry, as we close, would you please pray for those listening? Father, for your word. I thank you, Father, that there is no distance in your word. I send forth to those hurting people, widows, widowers, or divorced people. I send word to them right now. There's no distance, Father, in your word. So I send it to them right now, Father to heal them, Father God. Father, I thank you for comforting them. I thank you for that you will send people their way, Father, to guide them, to to love on them, to pray for them, to encourage them, to bless them, Father God, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that, Father, you will send them to a church, Father God, that will preach the word of God, Father God, to them, that will tell the truth, Father God. The word says that The truth will set us free, Father God, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that their hearts are healed, Father God. Father God, that they're no more in sorrow, Father God. Like Pastor Rosie said, you know, there is a time to grieve. But after a while, you need to get get off of that. Bind that spirit of grief because you, you, the devil will want you to stay on that grieving state forever if you let him. So just Bind those spirits of grief and and shake yourself off and plead the blood of Jesus over your body and go on with Christ and pick yourself up and run your race like Jesus did and let him be the author and the finisher of your faith. Thank you, Father, that you will provide for them, Father God. Nothing missing, nothing broken in their lives. That They won't have to sell anything. You make a way for them, Father God, financially, Father God. Open those doors, Father God, in Jesus' name. I thank you for the peace and the love and the comfort and the joy that they will have, Father, to keep on keeping on living their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a powerful prayer and testimony from Pastor Terry Hernandez as she has opened her heart to us and shared the compelling story of God's faithfulness in her life as she was born again throughout her life and even through this traumatic experience that she went through. But we are thankful that God's goodness and his comfort and his peace have healed her heart and encouraged her once again to live and continue to serve him, honor him, and tell others about his goodness in order to give him glory. Well, thank you again for tuning in. I encourage you to not only listen, but share this, especially if you know of someone going through a situation like this. We want to share this and get it to them so that they can be encouraged by her story and the word of the Lord. Also, let us know how this broadcast has touched you, has changed you, has even delivered you to where you also can say, it's time for me to live again. Drop me an email, send me a note to let me know how this podcast made a difference in your life. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you. 